0: Yep.
1: speaking of the f-word are we allowed to say that on your podcast i don't remember yes yeah okay
0: hello 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 and welcome to season two of neophile the podcast where we do your favorite thing for the very first time. My name is Jedediah Johnson.
2: And I'm Paul Hayes.
0: And on today's episode, I get one level deeper and one level gayer with my friend Mel. Hi, everyone. Who is ready to be introduced. Hey, Mel, you're, you're here for the intro. For the first time ever. You made it. We, have, we, have, uh, we have the guest in the intro. Hooray. To, to do the intro. We're changing our format slightly. Welcome um, to the intro. Yes. Thank
1: you. It's great to be here in this intro. Um, so
0: what's new, Mel?
1: Um, I have new neighbors. Oh, cool. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet because they're a family and they have a little boy who's about Elliot's age and looks pretty much exactly like Elliot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm a little afraid it's Elliot's doppelganger.
0: Mm. Do you think you're going to get parent trapped?
1: I I might. I'm a little worried that they're going to show up in red jumpsuits with scissors mm, and try to untether mm, themselves like from us. us yeah man
0: imagine an updated version of the parent trap where instead of two twins try to get their estranged parents back together if it's two kids from different families that just look very similar to each other try to get their all four of their parents and their like families that are intact into a polyamorous quad with each other <laughs> <laughs>
2: And mm. what's new with you, Paul? I haven't seen Parent <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, uh, what is new with you, though, Paul? <laughs> uh,
2: that's it. Season oh, okay. two.
0: Oh yeah, season two is new. Um,
2: I say we just get into it.
0: Sure. Would anybody like to ask what's new with me? No. Hi,
1: Jed. What's new with you? <laughs>
0: Not much. Let's just get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mel, yeah, uh, you brought us you brought us a thing, and full disclosure, everybody, Mel brought us this thing a while ago, and uh, we experienced it, but we changed the uh, changed the format for this time. So, this is your first time hearing of it, but not mine. So,
1: Hooray. give it to me. Who is it? Who okay, is it? so the thing I have brought you is a collection of short stories by Doctor Chuck Tingle. Okay who is the world's greatest author. He's also a black belt in Taekwondo. Wait, is that um, true? I mean
0: like, does it say that?
1: Oh yeah. It says Uh, black belt? Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and Taekwondo Grandmaster, parentheses, almost black belt. Excuse me, I misspoke. Yeah, okay. From Billings, Montana. After receiving his PhD at DeVry University in holistic massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Chuck's hobbies include backpacking, checkers, and sport. I also happen to know that he loves chocolate milk and spaghetti.
0: Okay. Great. How do you know that?
1: I read about it on the internet. Okay. So, at the same
0: time? <laughs> mm hmm. Okay. So, you and I already talked about this, Mel. We did. So, we're going to listen to that interview. Cool. Right now. And then, after we come back, uh, you and I have read the book, Paul's read the book. Uh, Brady, who Neophile listeners may remember from the Sparkling Water episode, Mm. and uh, Allie, who is one of the owners of Love Handle, where the Sparkling Water episode was recorded. Uh, They're both going to come in and we'll all talk about these wonderful stories together. Um, Here's me and Mel a couple of months ago.
2: We need to go get some Sparkling Water.
0: another thing for me mel
1: i do have another thing
0: okay let's let's hear what that is
1: um so today uh-huh. i'd like to talk to you about <laughs> dr chuck tingle okay that sounds who is the world's greatest author <laughs> well, i'm uh, living dead or otherwise i believe so <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's indicated in the biography but i would say so um He's also a licensed... No, wait. He's also a doctor of massage therapy. Mm. He lives in Billings, Montana.
0: They're giving out doctorates for that now, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: He uh, makes a living proving love. Proving love. And resisting the void. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Dr. Doctor Chuck Tingle. Dr. Chuck Tingle. So, uh, Dr. Chuck Tingle, aside from being a doctor, is a gay erotica author. Okay. Um. His stories are, Chuck Tingle writes, g- gay erotic sci-fi, I guess is how I would describe it. Um, it's, uh, I like
0: two of those three things.
1: It's uh, man <laughs> on man. I haven't read anything beyond man on man from him.
0: The, okay, let me, let me just describe the, the cover of this book to the viewers here. So it's called uh, Breaking the Fourth Butt, Eight Hot to Trot Meta Tinglers. Okay it's a a very nice photograph actually and the cover it's a paperback book and it's perfect bound we call this perfect bound in the in, in the, the industry. in the book world uh and it has like a the the um the cover has like kind of a matte finish to it it feels very self published it's actually a very gorgeous book um i i like this cover and there's a um there's a white man built but like also kind of thin and he's got glasses on and he's in the sort of side laying on his side reading a book pose and the book that he's holding has the cover of the book that I'm holding on it and presumably it goes down to infinity Uh, and behind him he's clearly in some kind of uh, Victorian library uh, and standing behind him um, a uh, bigfoot with his mouth open a t-rex with his mouth open and a closed mouth unicorn a closed mouth black unicorn that may be filled with the the cosmos it's tough to tell this looks amazing um this looks like the kind of thing that i would look at and i'd be like wow i can't believe i've seen this object The fact that this object exists is so funny to me and awesome. I'm so glad that I experienced this and then I would put the book down and never read it. So just the fact that you are now going to introduce me to the inside of this glorious object, I'm very excited. So go ahead. Tell me that this is a collection of short stories, correct?
1: Yes. It's a collection of short stories. So, um, most of Chuck Tingle's work, maybe all of Chuck Tingle's work is in the short story format. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are called Tinglers. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the title. Yeah. Um, Meta Tinglers. Meta Tinglers. Yeah. So there's, um, there's, uh, there's kind of a Chuck Tingle lexicon for various things. So the void is, um, evil. Okay. Um, A Tingler's a short story. Um, The Frozen Lake is the space, the metaphysical space where his dead wife lives. Okay. Um, her name is Sweet Barbara, and she speaks marbles to him often from the frozen lake. Whoa. So, <laughs> as, so aside aside from this fantasy, uh, sci-fi, erotic world that he creates, um, he's also a very positive and inspiring person um, mm-hmm. on his social media accounts. He just has a very like interesting way of saying things and a very funny way of saying things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's... Um, It's very affirming anyway. Uh I love it. So, um, so this particular collection is Breaking the Fourth Butt, Mm -hmm. Eight Hot to Trot Meta Tinglers. Mm -hmm. So all of these stories are meta in nature. Okay. Um and I will read to you the titles, the titles of some of the stories in this compilation. Pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt. That's one, Wait, that's
0: that's one, one story. T- oh, that's one story. Oh wow. I thought that was two.
1: Next story. <laughs> pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my own butt.
0: <laughs> okay. So there's pounded in the butt by my butt. No, pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my butt. Yeah. And then pounded in my butt. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my butt.
1: Yeah. Great. Exactly. Great. Next one. Okay. <laughs> Any guesses?
0: pound in the butt by my book pound in the butt by my book pound in the butt by my book pound in the butt by my butt
1: yes you did it (laughs)
0: separate three separate stories is it the is it the same characters in each story or they each one is a different one like red white and blue Uh, i I have to admit i haven't read those stories i've
1: only (laughs) i've only actually read um one of the stories in this book
0: okay okay
1: and the one that i've read and love is slammed in the butthole by my concept of linear time okay and that is the one that i would like you to read you're welcome to read the whole thing but i I mean
0: it's pretty short seems like I could probably read the whole thing
1: Another title, Turned Gay by the Existential Dread that I May... Start over. Another title, Turned Gay by the Existential Dread that I May Actually Be a Character in a Chuck Tingle Book.
0: Oh. Whoa.
1: So anyway, Meta Tinglers. Um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So so it's great. And so the reason I love Slammed in the Butthole by my concept of linear time Mm -hmm. is that the story begins by placing you... And the story begins with a character who is in a situation that we've all experienced. He's working on a project for work and he's put it off to the last minute because he's a procrastinator and he blows it. Mm. He, he messes up his presentation and, um, then time, the fin, the, then time, the physical manifestation of time comes in and slams him in the butt. Wow, so it's a reflection on life on it's a reflection on everyday life, kind of like Seinfeld <laughs> sure <laughs> then there's a sci fi element where time mm-hmm. becomes an actual person mm-hmm. and then there's the erotic part of it where time slammed you in the asshole, yeah, so all things that I love
0: <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it too. Um so these are the these are the meta ones. Do you, you have other ones of these books obviously? This is the
1: only physical copy I have. The only have. physical copy. Um you can get a lot of them for free on Amazon through Kindle. Oh, okay. And there are so um there are a bunch of other compilations. Another one of my favorite compilations is um The Living Objects Tinglers mm-hmm. where the characters are slammed in the ass <laughs> by by everyday physical objects, like a Starbucks cup. I think the title of that one, and that's actually when I learned about Chuck Tingle, it's because his Christmas story, um, went viral and it was, well, okay. it, it was something like slammed in the butt by my non-denominational red cup. And oh, it was yeah. about the controversy yeah, about that. the red Starbucks cups. Yeah. And a lot of his stories are written around current events. Sure. Um, so it's like satire. It's like, his stories are satire of current events mm-hmm. um, with sci fi elements and a lot of gay sex. And it's I love it.
0: I'm yeah. I I it sounds great. I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to check this out. I'll probably I'll probably read some of this book that I'm holding in my hand and maybe like find some of those other ones. I would like to find the the viral one. That would be a good one. So that that would be part of my I think. Uh, my prescription for this one is to, you know, read some portion of this book, especially the one that you said, and then um, see if I can find other viral, the, the viral one and, and maybe some others that pique my interest and I'll bring them to you. And, and you know, maybe I'll read one that you haven't read. Yeah. Um, And uh, we'll talk about that after the break. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We did it. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Mel Lutz. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Judge Johnson. three times, possibly. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. Bye. We're back <laughs> here on Neophile. Uh, and we're, we've got, we put together a little book club, a little ragtag bunch here. Uh, it's me, Jedediah Johnson. It is Allie. It. Oh, say hi. Oh, hi, say hi, Allie. hi. 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 <laughs> That's Allie. Uh, Mel is still here.
1: Hello. Still here.
0: And returning to the show, Brady. Hello. Yeah. Everybody's so excited. Like, let's hold for applause. <laughs> yep. There we go. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, so we all read a bunch of Chuck Tingle. Paul's also here, but he doesn't have a microphone. So if he wants to say something, he's going <laughs> to tap me on the shoulder demurely. And then I'm going to I'm gonna pass him the mic so he can say something.
2: I'm here. <laughs>
0: there it is. That that's was really cute, guys. That's oh, how it's wow. going to work.
3: Yeah, that was yeah. cute.
0: <laughs> it was the demurity <laughs> with which
1: he tapped me. That Very I think, effectively <laughs> modest. That I think I did it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Chuck Tingle... Um, we know Mel likes Chuck Tingle. hmm Um, I'll say I like Chuck Tingle. Uh, how did you feel, Brady?
3: Hmm, okay. So. <laughs> just, just okay. Uh, nope, nope, that's not, that's not it. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I think I might like Chuck Tingle, uh-huh. I hate Chuck Tingles writing. Okay, <laughs>
0: <I> hate it. <laughs> I I feel you on that because there is a um, it's 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 a very cute way to write. It's a very like, um, he writes things that it's just like, I've got a place to go and I need my characters to get there in ten pages, and so there is this economy of like. Mm-hmm. Um
1: I appreciate that though.
0: Yeah. There's this economy of like Uh so I made the decision to do this immediately and mm-hmm. then and then executed it. Um so I can yeah, there's definitely an an issue with writing. What did you think, Allie?
4: Um well, I I almost kind of don't feel anything. Really. I don't have like a strong opinion either way. I mean, there were certain things about it, like I like glimpses of parts of the stories. I'm like, okay, that's like, it's kind of grasping at something deeper, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I think, like Brady, um, not really a fan of the style of the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I think I'm kind of more neutral about it. I guess i would say like i i don't really feel strongly either way but Mm -hmm. um yeah i i don't know so how do we feel (laughs) so how do we feel like
0: one of the strengths for me is like the 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 concepts Mm -hmm. i think the concepts are pretty strong how do we feel about the concepts
4: yeah sure the concepts are strong like as far as um the one thing that stuck out to me that i found interesting was the idea of like And a lot of the um, stories, well, honestly, I feel like a lot of the stories are all the same, but just in a different package. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea of, um, like, um, kind of being freaked out by consciousness and, like, being alive is, that's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And the idea of being okay with not being real or rationalizing the idea of consciousness as this isn't real, like, is kind of...
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's that's a big part I, of
4: that's what I, f- I found that to be interesting and like I feel like relatable mm-hmm. as far as that goes. But
0: yeah, and and we just to be clear, we read uh, Breaking the Fourth <laughs> Butt, Eight Hot to Trot Meta Tinglers. This is a collection where it's all the ones that um where the you know, the snake eats itself. And these are stories about Chuck Tingle writing these stories about chuck tingle mm-hmm. writing these stories about chuck tingle so like these are these ones are they definitely fit into the larger body of work of chuck tingle like they're all kind of like this but these are the ones that actually like he mentions himself a lot in them that's like the main thing i think mm-hmm.
3: i think the or the most interesting thing i found about it was a lot of the uh, concept of the writer coming true and the characters coming true to him like the idea that his stories are coming true or how to enter into them himself I think that was interesting for Mm -hmm. sure I like the I feel like that's a definite theme with him as he is 100% obsessed with his characters being real Mm -hmm. and every story Mm -hmm. had an element of that to it yeah so I thought that was cool
4: or like rationalizing the idea of like um maybe he's as real as his character and like wanting to be comfortable in that idea of like yeah oh this is actually nothing and like that brings me comfort mm-hmm. almost you know
0: how are you responding to this Mel, <coughs> as the person as the, the 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 expert the person that that brought us this thing
1: um well i find chuck tingle very fun to read and i do enjoy his writing very much and i'm a little Curious as to how one could not enjoy this. Oh, I,
3: I, got, I got it all here to tell you. All right. Well, Let's, yeah. drop it.
0: Drop go it. for it. Let's see.
3: Oh, you just want me to go right into it?
0: Sure. Yeah. What? Oh. What don't you like?
3: Here are my biggest complaints. Okay. One, so repetitive with the language. Like Definitely. Literally every story. By the time you get to the, by the time you get to the oral sex, he always says the word. Hold on. <laughs> Every single story, he says this word at least three times. Uh, Sentient, sentient. Oh, sentient, sentient. Sorry,
1: Uh... (laughs) I think that's 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 in reference to the characters.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of like, um, uh, yeah. We're we're in a tough we're in a tough position here because these are like of a collection of, um, but like really, there's a lot of stories where like it's a sentient cup. Right or like a sentient
1: whatever a living object. So. It's like a, yeah, there's and a that's lot of the case in these. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of um, it's a it's an interesting sort of um, mode to work in where like you know there's the there's the episode of um, there's the episode of Pee Wee peewee's Pee Wee's Playhouse where I think. <laughs> Pee Wee's like, oh, I love this fruit salad. And somebody's like, why don't you marry it? Yeah, Yeah, I know. And then
4: Salad (laughs) says, I do. Yeah, totally know. My kid watches that all the time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Why don't you marry the fruit salad? And and then they actually have a, a literal <laughs> wedding ceremony where he marries the fruit salad. This is that, only you fuck the fruit salad. Yeah. And, like, the, the fruit salad, like, has abs or whatever. So, yeah, he does he does work in that, that thing. And, yeah, it is super repetitive. Part of the thing that sort of doomed us in that repetition is the fact that this is the story. Like, the stories are all linked by him... Sort of, the, they're they're all thematically linked, which means that like his thematic words are gonna like fall in. But yeah, it is super repetitive, and like he's sort of thinking of these as like you're gonna read one of these. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. expect us really to read. Eight yeah, because I of them mean, in ro- right in a row, they're
4: all they're all kind of the uh, same. <laughs> they
0: they yeah, they they they, <clears throat> they certainly are. And like I found, so this is my second time reading them. Um. Uh, cause I read them a while back when we first did this, uh, thing and, um, the first time I read them, like I had to read them very slowly because they like, um, you know, I'd read one and it kind of, I don't want to say it scandalized me, but like it affected me a lot more. Um, and so like I'd read one and be like, okay, that's cool. I'll wait and read another one a little later. Um. And this time I just like read through them and I found myself like reading through them and really enjoying like the, the run up to the sex scene and then mm-hmm. sort of like skimming the sex scene. Yeah, like there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of,
1: it's not a lot of ways you could talk about
4: well, I, sex. You know, I, I feel like I, the idea that it's in erotic, like uh-huh. erotica is like like that's like a loose term to me because I feel like reading it's like the same sex scene over and over again and it's not really erotica because there's no sensuality there's no build up I feel like I think it's lacking that it's almost like I feel like it's just like he's kind of adding in these like sort of deep ideas philosophical and then it's like here's like a stereotypical idea of like a gay sex scene that just gets right to it and that's why I'm just like and he even says it's like It's like a joke for people to laugh at. It's so that's that to me is just like it's a little bit weird. Segue. No. Yeah.
3: (laughs) My issue, I think fundamentally with this book is I think it's problematic. I think. Uh I would agree. I think especially (laughs) if this book were written by a straight man, I would maybe let it slide and just say it's stupid.
4: But is it written by a straight man though? That's what I'm questioning because it's like the sex scenes almost seem like. I mean, they
3: they seem very they seem like difficult to believe that, that a gay man like, wrote had it. A
4: lot of se- it's it's like almost immature in a way. It yeah. almost mm-hmm. is, like somebody that hasn't really actually had a lot of sex, but maybe they have, and maybe that's the whole point—is to like just like be like oh, butt fucking, you know, constantly yeah. over and over again. It's just like like um, kind of like drilling it in a little bit, almost like it's, like I think maybe that's
3: well, I in think some
4: level the point, but yeah. there's there's
3: a lot of reasons that it is and here like okay i basically have decided in my mind that Mm -hmm. this is the literary version of jackass through daniel johnston like you you get the you get like the sort of like the parts that i'm intrigued by are what i believe might be the real life qualities of chuck tingle the sort of anti-social behavior the mm-hmm.
4: completely all yes. of
3: this stuff i'm getting heavy Je- daniel johnston like you might be a genius but how am i supposed to tell yeah. kind of vibe mm-hmm. yeah i know but that's what the I'm sheer <laughs> shock rock bullshit of it is enough to and i mean yeah a you know podcast i'm a gay man and <laughs> i also am a gay man who's read a lot of gay writing and mm-hmm. i think that this style of writing sets back gay writing by about a million years Mm -hmm. because i mean i've had a lot of gay sex and i'm here to tell you that it never happens this way (laughs) and that you know how people will say that like most lesbian (laughs) porn is offensive to women because real women don't fuck this way and that it sort of this is the same thing as that this is what a 13 year old boy thinks gay sex is. Mm-hmm.
4: That's exactly I, the vibe that I get. And, um, totally. 100%. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah. And, and the thing that I'll say is that we, Mel and I, when we talked about this before, there is, there are people that, be- that, that believe that Chuck Tingle is just like some normal person pretending to be this character that does this. Okay. Um, I kind of choose. Uh, and I talked about how I choose to believe, like that this really is like kind of like a childlike, kind of like a childlike older man. Because if you read some of the other stuff that he's written, um, which we didn't obviously for this, but he like um, there's a he has a, a book called Chuck Tingles Guide to the Void where he starts talking about his like theories of like the tingle verse and there's different levels of the tingle verse and between the levels of the tingle verse lie the void and outside. And there's all kinds of scary stuff in the void, like scoundrels and void crabs and things mm-hmm. like that. And he tells this story in it that I talked to Mel about before where, um, he tells a story of trucker man about how he, he's like, one time I, had a fight with my adult son, John, that I lived with, and I had to run away. And I met Trucker Man at a, at a diner, and he seemed like an okay guy until he like started being really forceful from, with me, and then I had to run away. And um, he chased me, but I found some people, and, and Trucker Man went to jail for a while, hmm. and I thought it was over. But then uh, after he got out of jail, Trucker Man came back, and John tells me I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, because there's a trial happening okay and you get this like sense of him being like this like kind of um you know um childlike adult man who like does not know what's going on sometimes and I kind of choose to believe that he kind of is that that like he is sort of like a an adult who is a 13 year old boy that like probably doesn't have a lot of experience with this, but it's like, it's like, I'm a sad, I'm kind of a sad man. And then I write these stories where like, I'm a doctor or like, I write Mm -hmm. this story where like, I am, I'm a famous writer. I wrote like, he, he like takes the, the book that he wrote pounded in the butt by my own butt. And then starts this story pounded in the butt by my book pounded in the butt by my own butt. Yeah. and he he starts it off with like it's tough being a famous writer cuz nobody knows who you are you know things like that and he's it's just like his opportunity like as this sort of childlike man in billings montana to sort of like you know live out his fantasy and that like it's some weird he he made these weird things and people like started laughing at them on the internet and he started making a bunch of money because people were laughing at them on the internet. And so it's like, I I, I got to make them laugh and like starts sort of pumping it out.
3: Are you familiar with histrionic personality disorder?
0: I do, I'm not.
3: So the number one example of it would be Marilyn Monroe has like been diagnosed, like, you know, posthumously diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. So, histrionic personality disorder is essentially a subsect of bipolar or uh, borderline personality disorder where it focuses strongly. It's essentially sexually acting out for attention. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the concept of, you know, acting like a slut or constantly talking about sex or sexualizing mm-hmm. everything, which mm-hmm. I've been possibly accused of being this <laughs> in my <laughs> lifetime. Sure. But I have a feeling. That if Chuck Tingle is real, if this is a real gay man writing these stories, I have a feeling this is some sort of response to trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think that that might be where some of the childlike qualities come in, is Mm that Mm -hmm. the... uh, The insistence on saying the same exact words over and over again and the way that the stories are told seems really histrionic to me. Mm -hmm. And seems Mm -hmm. really like it would have to be based in sort of a humor to get through trauma sort of idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah.
4: Humor. There's humor and horror. Yeah. That's totally yeah.
3: And I think that might that that was like a vibe I was picking up on. That's
4: exactly the vibe I was getting picking up on with the idea of, like, um, like trying to grasp the idea of consciousness and, like, being okay with it or that it's not real. That's
3: mm-hmm. –
4: there's, like, the humor and horror aspect with that for sure. Like, I grasp that as well.
3: I, I guess parts of me feel like the problem comes in that, A, I mean, the f- first problem here is that throughout history, you know – Butt sex, I'm using air quotes podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> butt sex is deemed illegal, immoral, disgusting, and is the number one reality of gay sex. And it has always been throughout history a talking point or a way to demean somebody's gay sexuality yeah. is, mm-hmm. is, you know, the whole fudge packer idea mm-hmm. or... This sort of thing, it's like
4: it's a stereotypical idea of yeah, gay sex, it is, yeah, 100%. and it's you know,
3: whereas it is, you know, inherently a part of gay sex, it's mm-hmm. also, you know, it when you're in the moment of that, it's not funny like that, like you don't think <laughs> yeah, about totally. it like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. and uh,
4: sex in general, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Well, also, yeah.
3: I think people forget that uh, so many heterosexual people have butt sex. You know, 100%. I didn't forget that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised who yeah. forgets that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess that that's my take on it. Is the use of the language alone is lazy to me, and I feel like it reinforces every shitty thing a 13-year-old boy says to another little gay boy on a playground, it's just like a grown-up version of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't like about it. And I think there's so many cool, interesting ways to explore erotica, especially with his whole fantasy element in, like the dinosaurs, the chocolate milk glasses, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the unicorns, the horses, all this yeah. stuff. That's essentially fantasy element you know uh, fantasy elements being pulled in Mm -hmm. and i think when you have all that and you then you have the mystique of this like sort of off the grid quiet writer why is the language this way like Mm -hmm. that's my biggest issue with it it's not the stories themselves it's the language
0: i think yeah and the uh, like there is a um a uh a simplicity of the writing that i think is sort of like Part of part definitely of the, on purpose. Part of the mystique is like, I am not a professional writer. Like, there's a lot of misspellings in this. Mm-hmm. But I think
4: those are on purpose. That's what I gather from. I think all of it's very on purpose. Yeah, and
0: I I, get I, that I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I feel that way. How do you feel, Mel, about whether um, it's on purpose or not?
1: I don't think it is on purpose. I think it's just a hastily written piece of self-published writing and yeah. typos get through. Yeah. There's a line in it, um, a metal line, where um, in one of the stories reamed by my reaction to the title of this book, um, the character says that um, it's perfectly written except for a couple typos, yeah. except for a couple misspellings or something like that, yeah. which refers to the fact that he's aware that it is that way.
0: I definitely, yeah, and I have, I have friends that like self-published books that like, they're like, oh, I self-published this book. Read it for me. If you see any typos or anything, let me know. Right. <laughs> like, because yeah. they don't have, they don't have editors to do that. Mm-hmm. So that that could be like part of it. Um, the, uh, you and I have talked before, Mel, about about this, obviously. Um, but like, how are you? How do you feel about? Um, I mean. All the stuff sort of surrounding the gay sex scenes are mm-hmm. um, things that are not necessarily going to resonate with you and I, right? In the way that they would, that Brady would, me. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that Brady would. I'm pointing to you, yeah. In the way that Brady would uh, uh, resonate with them,
3: yeah, um, for sure.
1: I think what appeals to me about the stories are the sci-fi aspects of it and the yeah. fantasy. You know, I think I guess it's, it would
3: be more technically like sci-fi than fantasy,
4: right? Yeah, I yeah. would even
1: uh, say that the stories are more sci-fi in general than erotica because oh, it is it, just kind of stuck is not in there. Erotica,
4: it's just yeah. the yeah. erotica. The I'm using air quotes. Erotica is, I feel like, just thrown in there to for. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, what the and, and like of it is. I think what, anything
3: uh, that has that much sex in it, you would have to almost bill it as erotica, or else it would it, mm-hmm. yeah, people would probably, just be yeah. utterly confused. And then yeah. and
0: there's sort of a there's there's a, a the moment that I thought was actually like pretty poignant um in the uh uh pound in the butthole by my concept of linear time is where he starts talking about like the audience is looking at this. To laugh at us, yes, and mm-hmm. I liked that part honestly.
3: Yeah. And that so far, that was the story I liked the most.
0: Yeah, that's and that's the one. Like, there are moments with Chuck Tingle where you get to this, like, um, where you get to this very human element of his writing, where like mm-hmm. in that moment where he's like, "They're doing this to laugh at us," but I don't think this is funny. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this to get off, mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe like. Um, there's a point at which you, there's a point at which, um uh you can use like uh kink shaming as like a uh like a a, a universal shield that stops any <laughs> criticism of anything. Sure. But like, you know, let's imagine for a second that there's this guy and his kink is the like 13 year like listening to a uh, right or actually not even listening to writing a sex scene with himself kind of in it mm-hmm. where like it's this 13-year-old thing and i and i i, I sort of imagine Chuck Tingle as a guy that like wrote these things cuz he thought they were hot and um but also had like all of these really great ideas and then like sort of like some people liked him for the ideas some people liked him for the the gay sex scene that they could laugh at Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, well, I have to leave all this in. Mm-hmm. I guess
3: that there's just no moment in any one of them where the gay sex isn't supposed to be funny. And I do- and
0: yeah, and reading yeah. them a second time, as I read through these a second time, I I kind of agree. I was like, I want to believe in him as like this childlike kind of person but then I'm like reading I mean, through and that like there's a yeah. lot of decisions I mean,
4: there's no like I mean regardless I mean of you know your how you vibe sexually or your sexuality it's like I mean you can read something erotic and tell that I mean, it's erotic there's a sensualness about it there's yeah, you no know, turned, turned build up on, or turned you know. on and it's just like it's it's just like you know, just it gets right to it. It's straightforward and it's just like it lacks like anything that's I, – I, I mean, the again, the, the erotica part is probably a very small part of it. It's just to like maybe draw somebody in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that –
3: well, I think it's... so. I, I kept sitting there thinking in my head because, of course, I'm sitting there as a gay man reading this. I'm like, am I just pissed off about this? Mm-hmm. Or is this something, you know, like, is this hitting close to home? Is this pissing uh-huh. me off only? Yeah. And I was trying to imagine what this whole, you know, what everyone else's reactions were going to be like. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to make up my own mind. And I was sitting there thinking, if this were a story about women, this. 100%. would be shut down 100 percent. period like,
0: yeah. like that's a, like recently he started doing he's doing ladybuck stories now i saw mm-hmm. on
4: his facebook which by the way like i randomly came across his facebook and his social media stuff which makes me think that like like you know all this like i i think the person who is behind this probably has you know, is probably intelligent for sure. Like Mm -hmm. the ability to write and think about things, the ability to write about like sci-fi stuff. But I think that um, judging from the Facebook, it's like, oh, this is like, part of me sees it as like, almost like maybe at one point it was about something, but now it seems like it's just for shock value. And I find that a little bit grotesque a little bit. Um. like don't agree like just like anything for just to be shocking for any sort of shock value is like i don't know i that's the way i deemed it it's just like it seems like it's all about like that a little bit mel came to him mostly I, through
0: social media so like what's mm-hmm. your what's your take on this yeah, i want media? to take
3: on this i'm i'm dying to know what you got to say too i feel like you've got it right behind eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna hit us with a zinger eventually i can see it coming <laughs>
1: Um, well, actually, I have have found a lot of empowering things on his social media. Oh, yeah. It's not okay. just the sex, though. That's definitely a yeah. factor. And I definitely understand how it could be problematic. Um, I don't have experience with it myself, so I don't really feel like sure. I should necessarily mm-hmm. have an opinion on it. No. Uh, but well, I can definitely, I've... like, understand.
3: I'll go ahead and state, too. it's the kind of problematic I want to talk about. It's not the kind of problematic that instantly needs shut down. You know, it's Mm -hmm. one of those. There's a range and a scale of problematic, I think. And this is one that this would be a good way to talk about something that's problematic. You know, it's not just a black and white issue here.
1: Yeah, and I guess on that note, I just wonder if, um, it just seems like it's fun and lighthearted to me. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpret it. And that it's supposed to be over the top. Mm-hmm. It's deliberately over the top and a little ridiculous. Like it shouldn't be taken seriously as erotica. Mm-hmm. And I could see how that in itself could be problematic mm-hmm. um, in the grand scope of erotic literature. But it's also mm-hmm. Chuck Tingle. He's not, Yeah. you know, he's obviously necessarily not... on that same level. A.K.A. Right? Buck Trungle. A.K.A. Yeah. Buck Trungle. <laughs> so I A.K.A. Think
3: Chuck? Trungle too, right? So yeah, wasn't so, there another one? I think maybe. there was another alias that he was Chuck.
1: Yeah, so his work to me is like satire, really. I think it's oh yeah, I, I think it's satirical and it's satirical of that. erotica rather than serious erotica. Like I don't feel like. He or whoever's behind this is putting forth serious erotica to enter the erotica canon. Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. I don't think it's. Oh yeah, I
4: definitely don't think it's serious at all. And like that's why I use erotica lightly because I don't think erotica is the focus. But I think um, even him admitting the idea that people are looking at, you know, him writing about a stereotypical idea of you know gay sex is like people to laugh at is like could still be considered problematic even if it's not meant to like people to like get off on. It's still problematic that people are reading it and laughing about it. Mm -hmm. Almost. I guess though I'm
3: calling into question is isn't satire supposed to be serious? Like uh, to to have a satire of something would require a degree of seriousness. Like you'd have to have a take. Yeah. You'd have have, you'd have to form you know, to be able to to be able to poke fun in a good way or to be able to sort of flip something, Yeah, you know, wouldn't that have to have a serious like background or come from a serious place, which I think this does. I think it is satire, but I think mm-hmm. it is. it. It's definitely speaking something about this man. There is something self-referential in it. There is, you know, even if it's like a sort of a blown out of proportion kind of you know, character he is building of himself. Mm-hmm. There's something of that man in this character. I, there's no way. 100%, it's not. Yeah.
0: I would be interested to, and you know, it's too late now. Uh, but I would be interested to have you read um, some of the things that are not erotica. The things like Chuck Tingle's guide to the void mm-hmm. where he like, cause he builds yeah. this world. He has built this world of like the Tingle verse and, yeah. and, and, um, there's, to me, this is <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing where people are gonna get mad at me. But like, he reminds me of Philip K. Dick in that like Philip K. <laughs> Dick was a guy that um, he came up with these like amazing concepts of like, you know, do androids dream of electric sheep and like um, all of these ideas that are great. And then you mm-hmm. read the book, and it's just like so poorly written and like um the it's a it's a movie that or it's a book- like his books are like made to be adapted, you know they feel like mm-hmm. they're made to be adapted by somebody who's a little better of a of a nuts and bolts writer um and i feel like i mean I would watch a movie that was like like a a, uh, vignettes of like Chuck Tingle stories of like the the -hmm. character like having a conversation with the author
1: yeah I mean for me the most omnipresent theme throughout this collection is the idea of the creator and his creation Mm -hmm. I mean really I think for sure pounded in the butt by my book pounded in the butt by my own butt is Mm -hmm. kind of a frankenstein story where the book comes back mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. him and says why am i not getting any royalties i'm out here doing all the work what about me and they mm-hmm. kind of have sex and exchange i love you's <laughs> at the end they really kind of come to they really have sex um an not, understanding not of one another <laughs> um but there's also a lot within the stories where the reader is referred to and brought into it and um the nature of creating something by putting it into words. Um, And I, that's what I like about this collection in particular. I
3: did. I did enjoy those themes. And I think that the, the, I think you're right. I think the strongest theme of this is the writer and his creation. You know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of, it's almost like I kept thinking about the movie new nightmare. Okay. uh, (laughs) Just because it sort (laughs) of is like so self-referential and it's so New,
0: new nightmare being the West, Paul. New Nightmare being uh, a Wes Craven movie wherein Wes Craven directed the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. It has Freddy Krueger. You know him, right? Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Uh, and uh, they made all the Freddy Krueger movies and then they made Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Uh, and it was like, Freddy's dead now. No more nightmare movies. And then he made New Nightmare wherein we live in the real world where. Wes Craven made all these Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but then Freddy comes into the real world and like is trying to kill West mm-hmm. Craven and and the actress who played the
3: Heather Langenkamp, yeah. my ex pen pal.
0: Oh yeah, it's
3: true. I used to write her letters. I was obsessed with her.
0: <laughs> did she write nice. back? Because I don't think no that her, her her pen... company did. Oh okay.
3: I got like her fan club <laughs> letters. Nice. Uh, that's great. But that's sort of, like that you know that scene in that movie where. She goes to talk to Wes Craven at his house, and she wants him to show her the script of the movie, and it's literally writing itself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah. script is writing itself and coming true as, they're, as they start talking. Yeah. It starts mm-hmm. quoting the things they just said. Yeah. So, I kept thinking of that, and that whole mm-hmm. concept is really intense, and I feel like... Maybe every writer has imagined that at some Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. You know, what in the world would they do if their characters were real Mm -hmm. or if they were in their own book Mm -hmm. kind of thing? Yeah. So that part I did like. Uh,
0: The the things that I thought were cool like, okay, there's a when you listen to Chuck Tingle talk about the Tingle verse. And how it like has multiple levels, each one care than the last, until you get down to the very bottom of the tingleverse, which is the tingle tingularity, mm-hmm. and he describes that as a realm of pure love, is what he describes mm-hmm. it as. And then in this in this book, um, in pounded by pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt, they say I love you to each other at the end, which is a, like an interesting moment in. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my own butt. The 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 the, the book and the and the writer. Yeah, the book and the writer. They end up getting married at the end of it, mm-hmm. which is like, like why would you write that in? And then there's a line in one of them, I can't remember which one it is. It might be a line in pound in the butt by my book, pound in the butt by my book, pound in the butt by my book, pound in, in the butt by my own butt. Uh, oh, man. Where, <laughs> where he's like, oh, I write all these stories about, um, uh, people who fall in love and have sex with each other. And, and to like, th- th- like, just believing that like this writer is writing a thing where like these sex scenes happen and like the people that they earn and objects and big feet and velociraptors and unicorns that they happen. They fall in love before it happens. Even though there's like no mention of it, just like believing that he's writing these stories is like, yeah, these, they fall in love and then they, they do this, that these are like actually love stories to him in a way. Like, I could see it. I get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I get in trouble sometimes with stuff like this. Like I recently just saw the Joker mm-hmm. and like, I did too. and my, <sighs> and my interpretation mm-hmm. of like my interpretation of the Joker, the, the one that I choose to have for myself mm-hmm. is that this guy is a villain and we're supposed to be looking at this and it's like a cautionary tale or like we're supposed to be looking at this and like, think like that's a bad guy. I understand how he got here and like I have sympathy for him up to a point but there's a point at which he lost his way and like my interpretation of that movie is one that it makes it a very sad movie but there's also another interpretation that somebody could get that like oh yeah he definitely should have killed all those people where they're on the Joker's side and that that's dangerous and like the people that hate that movie have that interpretation and I just don't have it. And so I like it. And like, same thing with Chuck Tingle. Like, I really want to believe that this is just a really like nice, innocent guy that like, um, just thinks that these people fall in love and just like is turned on by this idea of all these people, um, getting together and having these experiences together. And that like, and and that interpretation like just makes me love it. I just I, mm-hmm. I really do.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think a lot of the material on his social media pages reinforces that because he posts a lot about loving yourself and how unique you are on this timeline and how this timeline wouldn't be what it is without you and your unique way. And so I need if, to dig into his social media. Yeah, a little if you bit. sift through all the gay raptor sex covers, mm-hmm. you know the things that are sensational. I think. For the purpose sure. of drawing attention, which, yeah. again, I understand why that could be problematic. No, I honestly,
3: you know, that part, I'm all for sensationalism or even like the overuse of the sex. I'm all for that. That part is cool, I think. But it feels
0: kind of perfunctory.
3: It feels also, well, here's a couple other notes. So every single sexual character, whether they're a milkshake or <laughs> yeah. a dinosaur or Has a an enormous actual cock. person- a, has an enormous cock, a beautiful ass, and perfect, perfect ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, again, I can't...
0: Not very body positive. Yeah. No, zero <laughs> yeah. body positivity yeah. here. I
3: agree and, with you there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but that's also an extremely classic gay trope. Yeah. This is, you know, this yeah. is the homosexual version of a big blonde with big tits in yeah. red lipstick. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, all yeah. like the same thing, but... That is my issue, is if this were written about a woman, would anyone be willing to give the thought it would require to get into this man's universe? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like sure. Because I think there's something inherently really homophobic about it. Because it's A, it's, you know, just making fun of gay sex in a way that is granted for like for the writing and i think that it's not just supposed to be funny i think there is more Mm -hmm. to it than that and i do think that you know the sort of parody of the sex and the the classic you know body tropes of the characters and all of this stuff not to mention too he is fully portraying a bottom in every element of this book there is Uh there's Mm -hmm. no flip there's no top end there's no none of that Uh uh-huh pure submission on his there's
0: part. a little more of that in other stories there's these one are... there
3: is one scene where he lets the book give him a blowjob for a minute but then uh-huh. the book gets tired and wants to flip him over <laughs> and you know it, it's just like every single time he has penetrated in the in this world he says and i quote they's Pushed me, or they stretched me to my limits, mm-hmm. or yeah, 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 you know. And it's just like, okay, all right, you know, like once or once or twice, fine. But literally every time, <laughs> and what is your limit now? You've already had sex with like the most gigantic dicks in not Earth. So, uh, but there's like there's just parts about it's, it. It's
0: kind of like the you know, it's the magic cupboard though. You know, you, every mm-hmm. time you go to it, it's full. It's full again. <laughs> I, I guess
3: I. just <laughs> just think, you know, and obviously, I think I should maybe stop saying like if or about a woman because it's not. It's clearly about men. Mm-hmm. So,
0: now the, that's the thing, too, is I, I haven't read any of his lesbian books that he's just started reading okay. or just started writing. Oh, um, I'd like to yeah, know what they no, think yeah. about no, that. No, yeah, <laughs> definitely that. The other thing, he also wrote a couple of books about asexuality. Hmm. yeah true. there was one of them was, was like not pounded in the butt by anything and that's okay hmm. yeah where it's just like a character like goes to the store and meets like a super hot velociraptor and is like hey do you want to come back to my house for dinner and they come back and they have dinner and like nothing happens but and, and they talk about their asexuality <laughs> but here's the problem with this <laughs> oh sure sure sure
3: is why would an asexual story have a homophobic title like, why, oh, yeah, yeah. why pull that in? Because, if yeah, that's you're the, trying to... that's the,
0: the, his own self imposed trope of, yeah, of it's kind of like, I'm going to write this Chuck Tingle story. It's a Chuck Tingle story still, you know. It's like his and like trademark now. Yeah, mm-hmm. all Almost, of his, like... all of his pounded in the butt, like all mm-hmm. that, all that stuff. Yeah. And like, but I'm going to subvert it by being like, that's, it's not pounded in the butt. You know.
3: I guess I just think if this were, and not even necessarily if it were just about women, we could really mm-hmm. apply any oppressed, you know, That's, group to this. That is
0: actually right. the thing. That is actually the thing that I was talking about with Mel while we were making coffee right before this, to where um, he there's often these in this collection especially like. And I was like, this is, like, re- a really weird, like, sort of roundabout way to get to a problematic thing. But, like, he's like, oh, pound me in the bu- butt with that that book dick of yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if the story were just, like, about a black guy? What would you say then? Exactly. Like, there's this, like, very, like f- like, yeah. and, like, of course, like, he's obviously fetishizing these objects that he's making into real things. And, like, mm-hmm. and so there is this, like, sort of. Um, it's less worrisome when it's a book, Mm -hmm. but it's still sort of taking the place of a person, which, you know, there's a version of one of these stories where stuff gets real gross real fast with, with how you're fetishizing your sexual partner.
3: Well, and I think, you know, if you, what's tricky about it is that if you took away, say you took away the Mm -hmm. butt, like just the word butt out of this book okay, and replaced that word with woman or vagina or black uh-huh. man or uh-huh. Mexican or literally any other oppressed, you know, society, it would not be okay. Yeah, Like the yeah. reason that right. this is okay is because still in society, no matter how we slice it, butt sex is still funny. Mm-hmm. And homophobia is still so nuanced in people's minds that, you know, I, I doubt most people would even pick up on that. Mm-hmm. You know, they would just mm-hmm. be like, well, this is like shocking, or this is like about butt sex. Okay. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's what I worry about with him. And where I, th- I I think he's created something really interesting. And as much as I don't like this book, I think I like him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm curious about this person. Yeah, I think
4: he totally invokes curiosity. It's like who, like it more. I think the books, like overall, like are just like make you go, "Who is this guy?" Like Mm -hmm. that is that's definitely it's
3: it's mysterious for sure. Yeah, but I just wish. I guess I just wish that you know, if you're gonna create this amazing world of writing and one that really combines something cool, which would be erotica and sci-fi, that's like a you Know that's just not that doesn't happen very often, mm-hmm. so Barbarella.
4: Right, you know, right? Oh, god, Jane Fonda, she's the best. But uh, uh, sorry, she tangent. But, uh, yeah.
3: if you, you know, if if you can go through all the trouble to create all this, then why do we gotta dumb it down with mm-hmm. that? You know, and I understand that it mm-hmm. is sort of comedic, but at the end of the day, it's just not funny to me. It's Mm -hmm. like, and that, that may be my own bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, that's.
4: Well, I agree with you because it's almost like, um, it's like the, some, like there's glimpses of these like ideas and like these philosophies and stuff. You're like, oh man that gets really deep like you know with the whole idea of like linear time and then like this whole idea of like consciousness and what it means to him it's like you know if he's been created and he's not real you know can he be sort of godlike and create this sort of whole tingle verse um which i find very like i think that that's totally cool Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like what, like, I I guess I don't understand the combo. Of, yeah, like, dumbing it down a little bit, you know, just mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, well, for
1: me, I think it's a combination of high and low culture, which I personally really like. Yeah, I, I really too. like. I usually I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also want to say that going back to if this were a woman, mm-hmm. if this was breaking the fourth vagina, eight hot-to-trot meta-tinglers, and if I were the character in the story, I would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not okay or reasonable yeah. or accurate to be offended by it. But I just, I don't feel that way about it.
3: I suppose I don't think, I, I myself am not personally offended. I think I'm more offended for my, uh, for my gay society at large. Sure. You know, like, it, me, like me, I think it's kind of funny. And the partial 13-year-old boy in me is kind of cracking up at that. But then that's where I get sad because I'm like, wow, even I'm part, <laughs> even I'm against my own society, and I think that is inherent in homophobia. I, there's like,
0: go go ahead, yep. Mel.
1: Um, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> 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 um, being so, but like I I wouldn't see it as being against my society, and again they're. Two yeah. completely different societies with two completely different histories of oppression and problems and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's not really fair to compare the two. Um, I guess I guess I'm saying this to say that as a member of that society, I I don't find it problematic because I think um, sometimes as a vagina you just want to get pounded.
3: Sure. And sometimes as a butt, you really just want to be pounded too. (laughs) But the language itself. And I I mean, personally, I feel like on a larger scale of this book, so much of what we deem problematic in this world can all be reduced to the language that you're using about it. You Mm -hmm. know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the way someone feels or the way they behave, even. It's the way they say it that pisses Mm -hmm. people off you know, like, we, like, let's use, we'll use racism as an example. Like, we all know we live in a society that's, you know, fundamentally racist, and then, right? (laughs) And then on top of the fundamental racism, then there's the systemic racism. So Mm -hmm. if we live in that society where that exists, we all know that on either side of the fence, we all know that this exists. It's, the way people say it that hurts. It's the Mm -hmm. way it's talked about. It's, you know, these are not the... It's not the issues themselves that are, quote, inappropriate. It's the way people talk about them. Or the the flippant... Like, the way it's so flippantly talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the way the the way a white person thinks they can say the n-word because they heard it in a song and they're just quoting the song it's no big deal they just like that song mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. that but that is a dangerous use of language yeah. because that language didn't oppress them you know i think mm-hmm. that's how i feel about it is that mm-hmm. you know and i guess i expect more from a literary gay man mm-hmm. you know and sense. you know once or twice like oh you want to Because I do, and I get what you mean. And I think I know where you're going with that, where it's like, sometimes you just want to be fucked. Sometimes it's fine to be submissive in your own society, even in your own, like in your own book, you know, as far as he is concerned, like he's Mm -hmm. essentially doing this to himself in his own book with Mm -hmm. objects and stories. But it is, is that's what I think, I, I think it's lost on people. Cause I think gay men would read this and be like, what the fuck? And I think that's
0: that's one of the reasons why I was like, we should probably have a gay man on this episode (laughs) of this podcast is because like, I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm like, I'm enjoying this in a, uh, like a particular way. Like I'm kind of like, you know, the, the first time you read one of these stories, the language is like a little bit, um, a little bit, shocking at first but Mm -hmm. like then you know you read it a bunch of times and you like you get used to it and you're like and it it becomes like whatever um and but i was i was like is this is this actually something that is this actually something that someone would like Mm -hmm. like
4: that's what i was curious about like what i would like to know see like who who's buying the books exactly what is the main demographic of people that are buying the books. That's what I want to know.
3: I think low high readers.
0: Let's get like, let's yeah. get Jeff Bezos on the on the phone and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I I honestly I see like I think there are probably people that that get this to laugh at it obviously. And like it's mm-hmm. it's intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. Like it's intentionally like sort of made to For be sure. that way. Yeah. And like if you you know, you're self-publishing a book. Um, it's kind of like um, this is another unpopular opinion of mine, but I feel like Jeff Foxworthy is not the worst comedian in the world, but that he just like fell into this thing of like, I have to tell you, might be a redneck jokes at every show. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, and like, like the yeah. one trick pony thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There's yeah. a there's a bunch of vibe. there's 100%. a bunch of stuff that he does that's not those jokes, but that's sort of like. He has to do it because that's what his audience wants. Same and with that,
4: like the Larry the Cable Guy or like Tyler Perry or like you know like yeah any comedian. It's like if they fall into like a niche, it's like the one trick pony thing, and they just keep doing it because yeah. they can.
3: Because you'll get a rise. Yeah,
0: yeah capitalize like, on it. And like, like here, and the, here's the thing: if like if Chuck Tingle has to like make a like you know make some like funny stuff, if he, he he's like sitting there and he's like, oh, I could not put a sex scene in this one. But, like, if you don't do that, then, like, is anybody going to buy it and you're trying to make money off these things? So I, I could see falling into a trap like that, mm-hmm. though. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, I just sort of look at them and I kind of ignore the parts that that I uh, think are problematic or like are not important because like i read them for the stories surrounding them and the stories surrounding the sex scenes are always amazing super interesting like they're 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 so interesting they're they're the ideas are are so cool and i just Mm -hmm. sort of ignore that and like that is one of my problems when i'm consuming media is that i am such a my interpretation is the only interpretation that matters to me so like if there's something that like messes with my interpretation i just ignore it
3: like i like that's a Uh, it's a safe way to go for yourself.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like, and so, yeah, it's good to bring other people into the conversation so that they can point out those things that I, that I completely ignore. Like you say that and I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. Like these, this, this does really, this could really reinforce some, some bad ideas for some ignorant people. Yeah,
3: I'm just curious. I mean, I guess I should state too, for the record, I am not a huge fan of comedy. In general, like I don't mm-hmm. like stand-up comedians. You're so funny, though. I know. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Uh, I think that's why I don't like comedy. So, and I shouldn't say I don't like comedy at all, but like my personal nightmare would be like a Will Ferrell movie. Like that is the kind of shit I cannot <laughs> yeah. deal with. I'm just like I can't do this. Like I'd rather go to bed. You he, know. He's or, right behind you. Oh god. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I so I I am not you know a by no means am I a voice on comedy because mm-hmm. it's something I generally steer clear of. I really like horror and drama as mm-hmm. far as like movies go. I should say, as far as books go, I'm more like fiction or transgressive fiction or even <laughs> more like re- this is definitely in the transgressive short fiction file by uh-huh. the way uh, mm-hmm. it should be filed under that, which is essentially low high. It kind of mm-hmm. goes together. I think, mm-hmm. um, but I guess, you know, I don't know if maybe I'm missing something because I don't tend to like comedy. Like, maybe I have a chip on my shoulder about it a little bit. Uh, that's very possible. Mm-hmm. Like, if this were written as drama, I probably would, like, be more into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess I just don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And uh, maybe that's just it. But mm-hmm. I'm curious if I'm curious of what gay men does. I I want another gay man to read this book because I Uh wanna know. But then again, I guess that's a slippery slope too, because much like everybody else in the world, all gay men don't think the same. You know, Mm -hmm. like What? Right? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Dispelling myths over here. Um, uh, yeah,
0: that was a, you know maybe you should start a podcast. I or think just, like every week you interview. Why a would new I do that? Why would I do that? Yeah, this is basically my podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh,
3: you no, are. I our like most to frequent, frequent guest. You're I like to just be a frequent guest. I'm cool with this. And honestly, even as I was, I read this last night, and I was sitting there being like, "Why am I reading this? <laughs> like, what am I doing?" And then yeah. I was like, "I really like this as like a topic <laughs> because it's not." You know, if we, if this were just like the most amazing book ever, we would all sit down and be like, this is the best book ever. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast would be over.
0: That's if, basically what happened when me and Mel talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I'm glad you got, I'm glad you pulled in some Ben Shitter, Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's real it's easy, like, easy to get like lost in our, like, Mel and I are, uh, have some like taste. idealistic dreamers. Yeah. That like to see the good in yeah. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, uh, and I think that, uh, that's how we enjoyed this yeah. together. Yeah. And just, it um, helps if you're hosting a podcast like this to be able to see the good in things. I, I, generally, mean...
3: I would generally put myself in that category. Like, I'm pretty optimistic yeah. about things. And honestly, I would say, especially after sitting here talking about this, I think I enjoyed it more than I think. Yeah. Because it's making me think and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And... All day long at work I was sitting there thinking, like, how am I gonna express kindly that I hate this? <laughs> like, what am I gonna say? You know? But I do I I guess I should land on this. I think it's interesting, but I think it's real shaky. And I mm-hmm. think that it needs uh it's a even if it just even if we just do this, maybe sometimes that's all you have to do is let's just talk about it and get the weird, you know get the weird air around it out. And maybe that'll make me feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think now if I read it again, after I've said some of that shit out loud, I might feel better about it. Mm-hmm. But reading it by myself in my bedroom, I'm just like, this pissing me off. You yeah. Know?
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. Allie, final thoughts, final thoughts before um, we go on.
4: I mean, I don't know. I think, I think I kind of hit on all the notes um, that I wanted to. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm still kind of in the mindset, take it or leave it. You know, I could see where people really love it. um, But I could also see where people are like, eh, I don't, eh, nah, I don't get it, whatever. You Mm -hmm. know, like, but yeah, that's just, that's it. I don't know.
0: Cool. Final thoughts, Mel?
1: Um, Cowboys made out of chocolate milk are hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I find it funny. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that
0: um yeah thanks thanks for coming in and talking y'all had a good time
1: yeah thanks thank, guys thank you
3: yeah bye pound my butt
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was pounded in the butt by this podcast yeah. <laughs> I, Out was of poun- I was
3: pounded in the butt by my reaction to this podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, problematic Wow, Paul. Damn. <laughs> that was a good that was a good conversation about Chuck Tingle.
2: It was a blast. I and didn't I'm... I didn't say anything, but I had Yeah, a blast. you didn't
0: say you didn't you never demurely tapped me on the shoulder to say anything, but um Yeah, that was really fun. And this is a perfect time for us to talk about how we're changing the format a little bit for this season. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a lot like
2: what you just heard.
0: We're going to first off include the the guest in the first uh little intro and Will in the future probably talk to them about talk to them about the thing that they're bringing right there in the intro, and then we're gonna to try to bring in multiple voices for every episode so that we mm. can get a little more of a conversation uh, going as opposed to just like a dialogue between two people.
2: Oh, I guess we should just note the um, the amount of voices and the amount of time as you've listened to so far is growing. So I think we're gonna. Stagger our releases to monthly now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, we're going to release monthly. Um, there will be uh, a little longer episodes mm-hmm. probably, um, and we'll we'll be doing them monthly. So our next episode will come out uh, just before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not one hundred percent sure what we're going to do. So we won't tease that because we don't want to be liars. Uh. Because we've already done that. <laughs> so uh <laughs> we've already tried we tried lying in the first in the in our in our trailer. trailer that's a throwback yeah. to our trailer, the first episode of the first season, really.
2: Yeah, you're not a your fan if you don't know that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um but yeah, monthly, bigger episodes, more people. That's our thing. Mm-hmm. Um our next episode, the one that we're like not totally sure that we're doing, but we might be doing. It came to us through an email to neophilepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So if you have anything that you'd like us to do, you go ahead and send us that email.
2: And we're looking for more voices on each one. So if you just think you have something to add to conversations, yeah, if you like stuff, reach out to us.
0: If you're a person, if you're a person that listens to our podcast, and you're like, I haven't ever heard a person that's exactly like me be on that podcast you should message us and then you can be that person that's exactly like you that is on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool.
2: We'll see you around Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. with our next one. Happy Mm -hmm. Halloween.
0: Tomorrow, have a good one. Mm -hmm. This episode was uh, edited by Paul. And thank you to Brady and Allie and Mel for coming on and talking about Chuck Tingle. I'm Paul Hayes. I'm Jedediah Johnson. And this is Neophile.